Welcome back to the Brick by Brick podcast. Today, you've got a mano imano debate for the ages. You have just my friend John and me in the seats today. I came very prepared. Very <laughs> to prepared. To take me down. Now, you know, when I came into this room, I was already intimidated both by the American flag on the wall behind you because hashtag patriotism, but also because of the stacked degrees we know this guy comes handy with. And I'm wearing pants today. So, I mean, most <laughs> people don't know, but, you know, sometimes, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, it's, it's, it's so true, which it makes the, the show difficult, not for reasons you would think. So today we're going to talk about undergraduate education, which I know is causing groans across the nation right now for our thousands, nay, millions of listeners out there. But I think it's important to discuss this in the context of John and I's experience, because I think we both had unique paths. John's has been, as, as we've chronicled in previous episodes, frankly, a lot more interesting and long-winding. Mine really is just beginning. Um, but as I may have alluded to in previous episodes, I studied at an undergraduate real estate program, the Shack Institute of Real Estate at New York University, which in essence, even though it is a Bachelor of Science in Real Estate you receive, it is almost like a trade school, which I'll, I'll go into more. And and, and I, I always found it interesting uh, to sort of compare uh, the perspective or I guess the environment of my academic setting coming through college and how it prepared me for a career in real estate, maybe versus other friends of mine, colleagues, coworkers who came from different backgrounds who landed in the same place. And John, I know you obviously, you went to Yale. Fantastic. Thanks. And then Thank actually what, what I think we have referenced before is that you also went to Cornell Law School. Yeah. So uh, I think it'd be an interesting topic uh, to, not necessarily debate, but at least an exploration in um, what, say you want to become a real estate professional full-time as uh, we are, is there some advantage to pursuing a particular type of education? We, we both went to, you know, I think what people would call, uh, you know, good schools, prestigious schools, but we, we did, I have a liberal arts degree essentially, and you have a more of a pre-professional degree. In fact, your, your program was brand new when you That's went That's right, right, actually. We, I was part of the second graduating class. I mean, what's, what's so funny is friends of mine growing up, when they hear I got a Bachelor of Science, they laugh because I think that makes no sense out of context, but people knowing me growing up would have found it funny, I guess you'd say, for me to get a Bachelor of Science in particular. But yes, that is when you go into the real estate program at NYU, that is what you graduate with. There is no other option. And so there is previously, or you know, still is a graduate program in the same school, right? That's right. So it's a it's actually a very well established graduate program. What's what's really cool about the graduate shack program is that not only is it is it become somewhat of an institution as far as getting a master's in the real estate field, um, but it's also gone on to place a lot of individuals into great companies mm -hmm. and people who themselves have started uh, great companies in the real estate business. And I think the answer kind of is how can it not, right? A, a real estate school in what is. I think at least the real estate capital of the world um, is naturally going to be, or, or I guess going to be a conducive environment for people to go on and have success. Well, do you want to start there and just describing what is the Shack program? Sure. What, what, how does it work? What do you learn, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So I think, you know, for a lot of people that they would ask, what is a, a, a real estate program? And I actually think for in large part, when I've tried to describe, for example, the curriculum, um, people are, are, are kind of shocked at just how much, how real estate centric it is. And I don't think always have a perception of how many, which is kind of a theme of what we've talked about in previous episodes, just how many different ways you can both get into and, and by the same degree study mm -hmm. different topics in real estate. So we do have some of the same liberal arts requirements. There's a core like in other classes. So to be clear, the Shack program, maybe this is obvious, mm -hmm. is you still have a degree from NYU. You have a diploma from NYU essentially, but it's specifically from this 
sub program, the school within NYU. Correct. Yeah. So it's within, sorry, I'll give more context. So it's within the school of professional studies, uh-huh. which is, you know, it also has, I know nursing, I think it has sports management involved in it. So other um, programs that are again, tailored for uh, people that go into, to, to sort of post immediate post-professional careers tailored to a specific industry. Uh, so the shack is one of those. So, so we were the second graduating class. So by the time I entered the program, there were really only maybe somewhere between 50 and 80 kids in the entire program. So we are still learning as we go over four years, over four years. Four That's, year right. Only 80 kids. That's okay. exactly right. So, um, so how many were in your class? Like 20? Yeah, I had, I had about, I was the, the biggest class today. So the first graduating class had about 25. Uh-huh. We had about 40. Got um, it. so even though I like to tell so it's people a competitive program, yeah, well, yes. I mean, here's what I always say about it. It's, it's funny you say competitive because I think this program will be the undergraduate will be highly competitive as it stands now, right? When they're still trying to get people involved and recruit new students, I think it's probably easier now to get in, which is by the way, that's a, that's a banner here. Cause I love the Shack Institute. So if you're interested in real estate, I would suggest you apply uh, to get in now than it will be because as they become more established, now they have 150 plus students in the program. Mm-hmm. It's going to become much more difficult in yeah. part because of the quality, I think of the, the teaching and the professors they have teaching the the discipline. So let me ask this question now that we know what it is. Why did you decide to pursue that program as opposed to say going to NYU and getting like a BA or going to, I think you started actually at a liberal arts college. What was your rationale for going to the Shack program at NYU? No, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I think that, um, you know, I, I think maybe even back at the first episode, we all talked a little bit about our background. So just for perspective, when I graduated high school, I decided to take a year off and work in real estate. And mm. I won't go into right now how that came to be. But in essence, I, I went to work for a property management company called Elsie Lemley Real Estate Group. In New York. Uh, in New York City, yes. And uh, we were based in the Upper East Side. And Laura Lemley, who's the, the, the owner, CEO of the company, she owns somewhere in the 20 to 25 building range through New York, mostly in the Upper East Side, some in Gramercy in the West Village. Um, and that's that was my first exposure. First of all, it was my first exposure to real estate. It's also my first exposure to a full-time paying job, uh-huh. which is part of the reason I took the job because they paid me. And my responsibilities initially were mostly just helping anyone and everyone in the office. Uh, but as I began to get comfortable there and learn from the people around me, I began to take on a wider role, helping with leasing and renewals. And, and actually one of my biggest roles was showing apartments on behalf of the management mm-hmm. company. Sure. Uh, so then I decided I was always uh, intended to go to Pitzer College, a small liberal arts school in Southern California, go Sage Hens. Um, Is it the, the Sage Hens? The Sage Hens. Is yeah. that one word or two words? It's got to be one word. It, I think I feel like it's one word. It just feels like a one right. word. You know, I, fun fact about the sage. I think I've told John this before, mm. but Greg Popovich actually coached wow. the Pomona Pitzer Sage Hens for eight years. Wow. I know this isn't a sports podcast, but I could go on about this. It, I, I just, are the Sage Hens called the Sage Hens because they are sagacious? Because they have, you know, like a sage. Wow. That's a, right? that's a very good like, question. Like, do they play that up or is that? They, they are. I, I, would I describe them as a hundred? percent sagacious i don't know right and they're at least 50 percent. because yale i'm sorry yale, I mean, <laughs> yale has the bulldogs but we don't really focus on the bull part of that i never heard a bull anyways it's no it's, it's, a, good, it's a fair the, point these are the these are the questions that need to be answered i think the answer though is it, it's funny whenever i've said you're the first person who i've said sage hen to uh-huh. and hasn't immediately gone like oh what the what is that it's a chicken for no, all no, those yeah no i'm familiar with the chicken yeah no it's great <laughs> 
No, I'd be bad to be called the chickens for a professional yeah, sporting right. program. That well, be I, I think the so joke too on campus is so Pomona and Claremont McKenna, these schools are better known as part of this consortium of schools. Pitzer is less so. Right. So the fact that we are combined with Pomona for our team, that we are the butt of jokes somewhat on campus, right. but phenomenal schools will have nothing but good things to say about it. So you didn't like being a chicken, you went to NYU. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. That is the sole reason. Yeah. Um, no, I just look, when I got there, I had worked a year in real estate in New York. And I think one one of the, the things that you'll realize if you get into this business, especially in the young ages, this is the relationship business of relationship businesses. And right. the fact of the matter is I had created relationships with brokers in particular, but also managers around the city, which were offering me opportunities to come back to the city and work right away. Mm -hmm. And so because through that year, I learned that that was really what I wanted so you to enjoyed do. That work very much so. Uh -huh. Yeah, I just you know we're we're in a melting pot. I love working with new people. Um, real estate, I think, in <clears throat> I think real estate in New York is akin to tech in the Bay Area, right? I think that's a really in like California apt. people in the Bay Area people love mm -hmm. talking about their new tech startup. I think in New York people love talking about the new real estate thing, like the development or the this or the that. So absolutely, it's yeah. so true. Yeah, I, I actually I think that's the perfect one for one. Um, and I think kind of the way that can I say sexy on air? Kind of the way yes. that tech is sexy right. in Silicon Valley. I think real estate is that way in New York City. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I, I just that's that's the bottom line. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't enjoy it, but. Uh, I decided to transfer back almost immediately after a semester. So again, mm -hmm. it had nothing to do with, with Pitzer. Um, and I began working at uh, Halstead Property, uh, which is a brokerage firm in New York City. Very um, large, well-known, yeah. Yeah, very, very large. The biggest. The biggest. Uh, the best. Um, record bigness. <laughs> record bigness. Halstead first. Um, we may have to cut some of this. Make Halstead great again. Yeah, That's well, we have, to, we have to first do some analysis on what the demographic is we're trying to hit um, <laughs> and where we are. But uh, yeah, so, so I came back and I worked at Halstead. So what was great is I was able to transfer. This was the reason I decided to transfer to a real estate program, because I said, you know what? I know I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm 19 years old and I know exactly what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily what I want to do within the business itself, but mm -hmm. I know I want to be in real estate. Right. So I transferred back to the only undergraduate real estate program I knew in the city, which was Shaq, um, and began working and studying right away. Um, so in the, in the course of getting your degree, I know you said that you take some sort of liberal arts NYU, I'm assuming like general classes. What do you learn, what is the goal, I guess, at the end of the program? Like what knowledge are you supposed to have in the real estate field? See, to, to be honest, it, it's an excellent question in part because I think they were still trying to figure that out mm. as we graduate. I, I sort of considered us almost like guinea pigs for the program. Well, for example, did yeah. you take classes with the graduate students? So no, okay. uh, it's completely separate. Um, they, there are some mentorship programs where you can uh, do things to, to be hooked on with somebody with like interests, mm -hmm. but no, they're, they're completely separate. Okay. Though the professors do sometimes teach at both places. And are the professors, are they practitioners of real estate? Are they academics? Both? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think part of what makes this the program so special is that I would say 100% of the professors, okay, 99.9 .9, with the exception of the dean, mm -hmm. is actually a real estate professional while teaching. Are these brokers, finance, investors crosses like, crosses the gamut. So depending we had, on the class. Yeah, and I you know, I you know, I don't know if they'd want me to use their names now, but like, you know, we had a financial a, a wonderful financial modeling uh teacher who was at the time actually beginning to raise money uh internationally in China and invest in multifamily residential real estate in Brooklyn. And we oh. had a, a finance professor, real estate finance professor who I think was involved at that time with uh 
a REIT in the hospitality sector, mm-hmm. and we had you know a professor who was a successful real estate lawyer, mm-hmm. and and so on and so forth. So yep. I just think it was such a remarkable uh, experience to be able to be exposed to these people with real world knowledge while also learning in an academic setting. So you learned things like you said financial analysis, financial modeling. What else did you learn? Like what's a normal? So it starts, and this goes back to your original question is what are they trying to get out of us? So they kind of talk about it like laying the foundation. I think that you can apply this to any business you're trying to learn. So Mm -hmm. they start with real estate principles is like the first class Mm -hmm. you take. And I compare it to if anyone out there has or is intending to study for their broker's license, that is exactly what I would compare it to um, in terms of like difficulty and quantitative levels. Uh Um, So it's very basic, um, just sort of... I. What is real estate? What is like, like what is, I'm trying, I was even trying to think about like, what is it that they tell you? So like, what is a broker? Like, what does a broker do? Like, uh-huh. how do you invest in real estate? Like some very basic questions. And then on and on from there, you start to build on those principles, those mm-hmm. foundations, uh, and you learn how to financial model and you learn about real estate law and, and you get even more specific. You have opportunities to study commercial lease analysis mm-hmm. and real estate development as a class mm-hmm. and, and on and on. And, and then there are elective real estate requirements. So you can take urban economic development, which was one of my favorite classes mm-hmm. on real estate. So it's been, you graduated from Shaq about a year ago, I think almost exactly. And when we were, when you were starting to work with us, I know that you had an interest in working with affordable housing in New York City. And I wonder, is that a specific emphasis of Shaq or is that a personal interest? Are there programs that facilitate that at Shaq or how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great question. I think to the credit of Shaq, um, it's definitely not a specific interest, but the nature of the program allows you to sort of pursue uh, your real estate passion wherever that lies within the industry. And so for me, I know I referenced an urban economic development class earlier in the episode. This was a shaping the urban environment class that really aroused my professional interest in affordable housing to go along with my previous academic interest. Oh. And you know, I, I think I may have mentioned this to you guys before, but but I really believe that it's almost impossible to grow up in New York City and not be at least made somewhat aware of the affordability crisis that faces both this city as well as the wider tri-state area. And I know for me, uh, when I talk about the difference between a professional and academic interest, you know, I've always been someone who, who reads a lot and, and particularly engages with our local news. And I remember an article which talked about you know, our budget in 2014, and I'm just speculating this might not be the exact numbers that I read, was something like $95 million for the existing affordable portfolio in New York. And yet the estimated uh, cost of what was actually needed was about $25 billion. And we're talking about over 400,000 units with living, breathing New Yorkers in them. Mm -hmm. So again, it's like almost from like a common human empathy standpoint, it can't help but move you. And then again, actually being able to approach it in that academic setting inspired me forward. So yes, I was looking uh, both in the public and private sector Mm -hmm. for a job in the affordable sphere. Let me ask you this. So you have been working for us since uh, late last year. You interned uh, for us first. And to give a sense of context, what Ben does for us primarily, I would say, is uh, manages our acquisitions and then sort of does a little bit of everything else, I would say. So helps with the construction stuff, particularly with permitting, um, coordinating with our subcontractors, um, dealing, I think, primarily, you've been our primary contact with the building departments at a lot of these cities. Um, so a little bit of 
construction, a little bit of acquisitions. Uh, so it's a little bit of, you know, working with numbers, a little bit of relationships with people for the acquisition side and also for the construction side. How do you feel your preparation was for what you're doing now, given your undergraduate program? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely... It's hard because there's no way to, to answer this without seemingly disparaging even the, the sort of trade school model that I've professed previously and can profess now to believe in. Um, like I definitely believe that my undergraduate real estate education gave me a leg up mm -hmm. in, in doing specifically not just sort of like your average analyst job, but what we're doing, which is unique and, mm -hmm. and credit to John and Ryan for, for giving someone fresh out of college that opportunity. But I think that the end of the day, you know, you still learn 95% of what you're going to learn on the job. So right. I, I think that, for example, from an acquisition standpoint, I think the program is great. Like in terms of ch churning out like initial analysts, I think just even having exposure to financial models and like mm -hmm. I, to, to answer again, that, that first question you asked about the program is what's the goal. The stated goal, at least at the beginning was for us to be able to confidently start kind of how we do, like from an acquisition standpoint, from an analysis standpoint mm -hmm. and take an individual project from that point all the way to build up and out to market. Mm -hmm. Um, so from that perspective, it definitely helped me in that side of the business, the analysis, acquisitions, but from the permitting construction, again, it's just one of those things in business. You absolutely have to do it. And I think being surrounded, I'll give the program this as well. Um, I think being surrounded- Give them something. I, I, give, oh, I give them a lot. I, you know, it's funny whenever <laughs> no, I meet- I'm kidding. I know. Uh, and I tell John this all the time. Whenever I meet people who are starting at Shack undergraduate, I'm like over the moon because I can't mm. say enough good things about this program, as well as the people that I still am-, am very close friends with from it. Um, but I think that uh, the one thing it does do from a, a non-academic standpoint is being around other like-minded kids who also are passionate about real estate and want to get into the business mm. is its own form of preparations mm. because these are the relationships and the people you possibly can and will work with in the future. And you do tend to work with a type mm -hmm. when you enter the relationship business that it is organically out in the real worlds worlds. So I do think it did prepare me, but again, it's still, I don't want to give it more credit than your average academic experience. What, so what are your classmates doing by way of example? Are they working in jobs similar to what you're doing? Are they doing like kind of entry level analyst jobs or I would say almost exclusively that okay. I, I think that working for a developer. Exactly. Or a, okay. It's sort of, you know, you, I, I, I was about to say run of the mill. These are obviously excellent jobs and, and they tend to be pretty well paying jobs mm -hmm. considering you're coming right out of college. I think most pursued the traditional analyst path, mm -hmm. either at a big or smaller firm. Some became brokers, of course. I mean, right. We talked about many different ways uh, to go into the business. A fair few of them actually came from families who did real estate. So we're already jumping right into the development aspect of it. And then a lot of them took the John Errico path and actually went to, to law school and graduate school uh, to further their education in other things outside of real estate in preparation for a future career interesting, in the business. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, I think when, when we, so we found you from our perspective, um, we found you when we weren't necessarily even looking for someone in particular. I don't know if we were looking for someone at that time, but, uh, two things. A, I didn't know that the Shaq program existed for undergrads. I'd heard of it for graduate students uh, because a friend of mine had gone to the graduate program. Um, so when I when I talked to you, I was uh, or when I saw your resume or whatever was the first contact I had with you, I was surprised to see that that was even an undergraduate thing. And then B, I think it was a big leg up 
uh, for you, for us, because it was like, oh, great. Well, there is a specific, there's, you know, we are a real estate company and there is a program at a school that I respect um, that, not to say that I don't respect other schools, but, you know, a, a, <laughs> but I a, a school that has a great <laughs> reputation um, that focuses on real estate. And, um, you know, that itself for hiring someone who is fresh out of college that we sort of had an expectation of would be, you know, essentially the, uh, you know, depending on how you define it, like the first or second employee, notwithstanding me and Ryan at this company, um, you know, that was, I think that looked really good from a hiring perspective on a resume, um, uh, just as like a blank slate type of thing. And I'm sure that's true for a lot of other employers who are looking at, at hiring entry level type people who might be choosing between someone with a, a degree from a pre-professional school from a good university like NYU versus someone who doesn't have a pre like a general liberal arts degree from a general university. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think there, there are two points I think of, um, one, there's definitely communication, especially when you go to a a very um, trade specific type of program, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be business school, real estate school, what have you. I think it's it's obvious that there's a conscious effort on the part of academia or of the people who are leading the program to communicate with professionals and say, hey, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. And so that's why even for me, there wasn't as much as a focus on this as it was now for the kids who came after me. The financial modeling in particular is the consistent thing. I think the big firms come back with and say, hey, we really want our kids able to do X, Y, and Z quantitative, quantitative yeah. right off the bat. So right. there's been even a heavier focus on that. So like just as an example, now there's like a test you have to, to pass to go even into the financial modeling class. You'll have to do it eventually to go. When I did it, there, there was no such thing. Uh -huh. So um, again, this is, I act like it's so long ago. It's like a year ago. Um, so there's that. And then I think the other aspect of it is something actually kind of funny. I kind of love that I have Shaq on my resume uh, as a new program because that's the name of the program. And mm -hmm. yet I admit, I, I think a lot of people, when they get my resume, I think, oh, great. Shaq graduate student, Bring him on in. You know, he's, you know, going to be 27 or what have you, even though obviously everything's clearly stated on there. And and oftentimes I've actually had to say in interviews, just to be right off the bat, I usually do this. I say, just to be clear, when they, they ask me about my academic experience, they, that Shack program is undergraduate, just so you know. Mm -hmm. And they're a little taken aback because people like John in the New York area tend to recognize the graduate program. Mm -hmm. So they're definitely, there's no question there's an advantage to, to that scream They scream, don't tell me what I know. Yeah, and then exactly they interview, right. yeah, like, well, I like to think everybody makes that correction. They're like, yes. I graduated in 2009 and then graduated Shaq three years later. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, so my academic background, I think, was quite different, although yeah. I, you know, still went into real estate. I, I mean, my, like, we don't have to get too broad and philosophical here, but, you know, my opinion on pre-professional schools, I think, as a means to prepare you for a profession is not very high <laughs> only because of my experience. I, you know, it's a law school and, um, you know, I don't know, I guess I can't speak for like, uh, uh, you know, dental school or, uh, you know, even a medical school or, you know, preparing you for a profession like that. But at least in law school, you know, frankly, the, the first year of law school is important and you learn a lot of substantive legal classes. Um, but, your ability to actually practice law after graduating from law school, even passing the bar exam, which is really just testing you and your knowledge of first year legal topics that you learn is very, very low. And I always find it hilarious when people come up to me and say, Oh, well, you're a lawyer. So you must know about blank topic. Um, and even if the, even if I do know about blank topic, it probably is not something that I learned in law school. It's probably something that I learned later on or just out of my own curiosity um, investigated. Or maybe I know the, the 
barest minimum about blank topic, like enough to know like vocabulary about the topic or something like that. Like I know what a family lawyer does, but if you ask me like, if you say, oh, I'm getting divorced, what should I do? What should I wear? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Good luck, you know. It's actually so funny to hear you say that too, because I like, I obviously naturally look with awe and excitement at Ryan and John's career paths because their career paths I've look to emulate. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Um, but that description is exactly how I would describe it. I went to a real estate program and yet this idea still remains for people who say, oh gosh, should I have done that? If they're in real estate, I say, look, yeah. your job is what you make it. And I actually be curious to know from you, John. So like you described that a little bit and we know your path now after college from previous episodes. Um, but did you feel any part like, so maybe undergrad, no, but you're saying law school also didn't really prepare you for everything you were doing well, in the real estate world. Oh, yeah. I mean, un- undergrad, I, you know, I have a, a BA in history, which is probably, at least in a vacuum, among the most useless <laughs> degrees you can get. Because, I mean, it's if you say I have a BA in history, that's like the joke from like Avenue Q, like a BA in English or oh, something like we're going to do. Great play. So, um, you know, a BA in history, I, I think, I'll say this, I, I really enjoyed my educational experience. And I, I, I'm a big proponent of the liberal arts experience, probably chiefly because that's my educational background. And oftentimes people will say that whatever their educational background is, is whatever you do. Like a lot of people that say, don't go to college, didn't go to college, um, you know, whatever. But um, so I, 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 you know, I, I think that I liked, I gained a lot of, you know, broad knowledge about like the world and learning and how to learn and how to study and how to be uh, a compassionate, mm-hmm. interesting, you know, selfless, whatever person that I would strive to be. I'm not that, let's be honest, <laughs> but you know, I strive to be, but um but no, I mean, I, I think that for my career path, real estate investing was never on the horizon. I mean, it, I actually knew I was going to go to law school. I thought I was going to go to law school in high school. I knew that was my path. And after that, um, I had formulated, I think at some point in college that I wanted to, to do a startup, like a tech startup. And I think what I'm doing right now is in my mind kind of a startup, but in the real estate space uh, is something that I didn't foresee at all. So I took no classes either undergrad or in grad school that had anything to do with real estate. I mean, I the closest I got was maybe real estate law, which I was like mandated to take as a first year law student. Um, so no, it wasn't it, like in no way was on my horizon. I like to think that because of that educational background, I was able to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But whether or not that was a prerequisite for doing it, uh, you know, it, it's like a nice to have. I'm not sure if it was a need to have. Um, to me, it almost sounds like life experience has been the best teacher for succeeding in real estate, like doing law school, going through the tech process, and now finally getting to real estate investment right. has actually been a better. Uh, uh, has better prepared you for the business than the the pure academic, you know. Yeah, setting. It, it's. Uh, I think that that's very correct, and it's hard. It's hard to necessarily impart that perspective on younger people. Even looking back on myself when I was younger, because I think I assumed either a I knew everything, which you know whatever. Obviously, I didn't, and b like I could sort of uh, learn all information that is capable of being imparted to me just by reading about it or thinking about it or maybe taking a class in it. The idea that that over time you will learn skills and attributes will occur to you that maybe you don't even intentionally attempt to learn is not something that occurred to me when I was like 22. So, you know, if I, if you said like, uh, sometimes people say, Oh, how did you learn? You know, if I tell people, Oh, I, uh, you know, I, I did my own bathroom, renovated my own bathroom. I put in, you know, tile and, 
stuff like that. Sometimes people will say, like, how did you learn how to do that? And the answer to that is like, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm not, I didn't set out to learn it. I mean, I, I wanted to do it and therefore I was like, okay, well I can look at a YouTube video and I can try to do it. And I can look at somebody else. I can ask somebody else this question. I didn't like ever necessarily set out and say, I want to learn how to do this task. And I think that's true of many things that happen that have happened in my real estate career. Like I would say at the beginning of my real estate career, I, I'd never had any occasion to use an Excel spreadsheet like ever, except for maybe my own personal finances. And the last math course I took was like calculus in high school. Um, so now I feel like I'm a moderate user of Excel, but I never sat out to learn how to do that. I mean, I just wanted to do something and I thought, oh, you know, it's really cumbersome to just be like calculating all these numbers on a piece of paper. Is there like a program I could use? Like, oh, I guess you can put it in Excel. Like, okay, how do I do a formula? You know, that level of, of thinking. And then eventually I became capable of doing basic things in Excel, at least to the extent that I require to do them right now. So that... Um, you know, I think that you can definitely be more purposeful about things in life, but that's in many ways how my real estate career has unfolded. Yeah. And, and you know what, to, to tie it back to the ways in which academia do or do not prepare you for the real world, it's like, take, you, you just talked about, uh, uh, you know, not really playing or living in Excel until you actually were, were in real estate, um, except for your personal finances. Like, I found that even starting with you guys, you know, a lot of the stuff that we were taught from a financial modeling perspective was on a larger scale mm -hmm. um, and, and doing larger buildings, what have you. And so I've even changed my way almost immediately of how I think about analyzing uh, based on scale, based on size, based on area. Right. And so even though we were quote unquote taught all these things, this is, I think what we're trying to get across is how both different, but also how quickly, if you commit yourself, you, you learn uh, so much when you actually get out into the field. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I I think we, you know, in our in our company, we we talk a lot about process and process based things, and you know, it, it, it's a struggle. Maybe struggle is not the right right word. It is ourselves, its own process in our company to go from essentially me doing something on my own separately, Ryan doing something on his own separately, to having a company where we have people that work for us now and that we work together with other people to determine. You know how is it that we that someone can be can work effectively in, in a company in an organization and one way to do that is to say i'm going to impose a process on something either for myself or for other people and i think once you have a process you can say well i can i can teach the process or i can teach to the process so i could imagine a larger company where they have you know, we're talking about an analyst, right? An analyst at company A or company B or company C, probably in the same market, will do broadly the same job because there's a process in place for that. Because every analyst, you know, is going to do this or going to do that. I don't know what they do, but just hypothetically. So I can imagine a school can say, well, I want to I want to teach someone to do that skill set to be an analyst. That's a knowable thing. Like that's a hypothetically knowable thing. Whether or not that's actually what, say, Shaq does, I don't know. But hypothetically, you could argue that that's something that you can do in what we do because I think we are still very much embryonic. I mean, I think back a year ago today, I was by myself. I, you know, uh, you know, I think maybe I had sent an email or something to Ryan saying like, let's grab coffee or something to talk about whatever. But uh, I was still working totally by myself, uh, running my uh, properties by myself, kind of 
on the side, moonlighting, maybe trying to get some more properties sometimes some whatever. So even the amount of growth that's happened in that uh, 12 month period, I mean, you've only started working with us, I think for six months, five months, even in that period of time, things have changed a lot. So um, maybe as we you know, I wonder in five years or 10 years, assuming things go well, maybe, and the Shack program changes, maybe we can just hire us from the Shack program and be like, we'll just plug you right in, you know, yeah, to our- And you know what, in saying that, I realize that, and this is, I think, comes with youth, that as a, in one hand, I describe this process that the the higher ups at the Shack Institute are doing in communicating with live professionals saying, hey, what do you need? And I realize you're right, that there there is a, I like that description, there's a nobility in that, in in identifying as, as an institution, okay, we're taking a, a heck of a lot of money and time from you, so let's make your time productive. And I mm-hmm. think that maybe the, the other answer is, even if you're not in a specific program, because not everybody knows, obviously, exactly what they want to do at such a young age, just trying to both be productive in everything you do while you're in school. And also, if you do find that passion, to be just an active learner, I think to just, as we always say on the show, to do um, and to push forward. But I I love that. We were talking about this idea of of processes uh, as a part of building a business earlier today, John and I, uh, really John to me. Um, and, and, And I think that that's a big part of what academic institutions can offer uh, at the beginning levels, sort of at the infant levels, um, and then maybe more so as you become more focused growing up uh, through that yeah. that experience. I think the idea of being an active learner and and constantly seeking out, constantly, you know, for for me, uh, uh, I think about it with uh, software development. So I I, um, I in a previous you know iteration of my career, I did a lot of more software development, and I. I remember that I knew enough to know that I could do something and I wanted to do something in software, but I didn't know how to do it. And I think if you have that prerequisite of, of knowledge, like say, you know, I want to buy a house, I want to renovate a house, I want to rent it out, I want to sell it. I don't know how to do that. If you set that goal and you, you know enough to say, I, want, I know that I, I need to do that and, and you can compile the steps together, you can figure it out whether or not you've gone to Shack, have a law degree, didn't go to school at all, you know, whatever it is. I think that that's the most important key takeaway. Like that's it for my career. It's been just do it. You can figure it out. So, and Nike stole that right from John. Uh, I, I've got the re- I've got the photo. Of, you know, the uh, thing is, I didn't invent, Phil Knight stealing I, it physically. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> you know, I, I say this all the time. I didn't. In, I didn't invent it because somebody else already invented uh, it. But I came up with it I on my own. It. In the I vacuum, love this. You know, right? It's true. John is actually. I really. I believe this all my heart and soul that there are so many inventions that you actually thought of. Right. But like, not me personally, but, but people in general. Yeah. Well, I was actually saying you personally, <laughs> oh, well, but, but people. I guess people in general. But you know, they someone just beat us to the punch, yeah. and and that's where Liberty Hudson is going to come in and do my that. friend uh just as a total aside claim he wrote a college essay on this in fact we we always um, um discuss this with him mm-hmm. he wrote an essay on this topic about okay. how he invented the parabola now <laughs> he did not invent the parabola let me just be clear about that the parabola in as much as you can invent the parabola it was invented a long time ago but his argument was that he wanted to extend the 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 wi-fi network of his router and he devised on his own without looking on the internet or talking to anybody else that a parabolic dish Placed behind the you know router could increase the coverage of his internet, and it turns out that that can happen. That's correct. So his argument was that even even though he did not invent that, he himself came up with that, and which I think is a pretty good thing. I really Assuming, do, yeah, I mean, especially it, you know. in this world where there's such a there, there's such a dearth of truly original thought, which is not necessarily about it's part of the information sharing right. age, but. 
I, I would call that invent. So should we have another class of know. inventing? I, I feel that happens all the time, right? Like if you have, if we like, can verify you invented yeah. it away. Say you're like, yeah, like you're, you're a chemist and you like invent some, you discover some compound that somebody else already knew about, but you came up with it yourself. I mean, that's, that's great. Do, you know? do we really think Henry Ford was the first person to think of the assembly line? No. Can't be. No, couldn't be. Can't be. No. I don't know. Maybe my ancestors. Just kidding. All right. I think that's that's all the time that we have today. John, you know, I really do appreciate this. This is not a knock on Ryan. Let me make that clear, but I appreciate our one and one time together. It's always nice to I appreciate you, Ben. Thank you. And it was really interesting learning about Shaq. And um, I, I think that they prepared you very well. I, I don't know if I mentioned that in the, in the thing, but I, I didn't mean to gloss over that. But um, I not have any particular, you know, advocacy for or against it. But I would say if you're interested in real estate and you're thinking about going to college, Check it out. Yeah. And to that point, the, the, I, I would sincerely endorse that. And just uh, if you are lucky enough to know specifically what you want to do, right. I think that's a great option. Otherwise, just take the Erico path straight to... Straight to Yale, guys. Straight to Yale. <laughs> you know, but the everyman. <laughs> yeah. The everyman. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week. For the folks listening at home, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on the Brick by Brick, that's Brick X Brick, Facebook and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening.